Jesus is certainly not meek and mild in our gospel this morning. This is Jesus showing up with intensity, with strong opinions, with big feelings, I might say. Um, and this is Jesus showing up with tough love. This is Jesus also, as he always is, inviting us to see in a new way. This is Jesus disrupting the way things are with an invitation for the way things could be. As we heard, Jesus shows up, he goes up to Jerusalem, everybody's getting ready for the Passover. So it's very fitting that we are hearing this during this week preparing for Holy Week and Easter that is to come. He shows up in the temple and he encounters a marketplace, encounters a commerce happening. It wasn't something abnormal or strange or out of the ordinary. It was also a very faithful practice for the people. Showing up and exchanging their money so that they had the right money to use in the temple and then using that money to buy a cattle or a dove or whatever sort of animal was required was part of being faithful, was part of being in relationship with God was a way of making themselves right with God. It was a way of offering their gratitude. It was a way of offering themselves to God. And yet Jesus shows up and invites them to see things in a new way. With zeal, with intensity, he encounters the situation and he takes the time to make a tool. He makes this implement, this whip. He makes a tool to amplify what he is about to do. And with this tool, he goes in and he, he clears out the space. He removes all these elements of transaction. He pours out the money. He asks the dove sellers to take their doves out, the cattle. He clears from the space. And as you can imagine, they were not happy with the change. I feel like we've had a year of practice with change. We were talking earlier, Chris mentioned, you know, it's been a year since we have been gathered together. When I turned on my social media the other day, somebody had posted, it was a year ago that we had a weekend as normal, and we didn't know it. Everything has been changing talking about what would it be like if we had taken pictures of each Sunday in progression, how in the beginning we didn't know as much about how to be safe, how to keep each other safe, and now we have different practices, masks, uh, shields, spacing. We've had a year of change after change after change. Well, Jesus shows up and is inviting those in the temple to change in their understanding of what it meant to be in relationship with God. He clears out what was there and instead steps himself into that place. When they challenge him on what he has done, he says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up confounded them, confused them back then, and those of us that are looking back at this story and that know how the story is going to play out in the weeks to come, realize that he was playing with them a little bit, 
and he was offering his body as temple. Invited to see something different, and yet they looked around at the space and they said, this temple has taken decades to build. There's no way that if it was destroyed, it would come back in just a few days' time. But Jesus, as God's son, as the Christ, is offering himself as a new way of being in relationship with God. Sending out the money changers, sending out the animals, he's sending out the transactional, the this for that. And he's instead saying, no, I am here. I am here in your midst. And it's through God's grace and faith and relationship with me that we are all connected with immediacy to God. I feel like it is something I should mention. It is not lost on me that in the midst of this annual fun season for St. John's, we have a text about Jesus pouring out the money and moving the money out of the temple. And what he is doing is something totally different than what we are talking about with supporting the work and mission and ministry of St. John's. Because Jesus was saying, hey guys, you don't need to do this in order to be in relationship with God. We, 2,000 years later, are saying giving of our financial resources, giving of our money, is actually another way of us entering into relationship with God. It's not in a this for that. It comes more out of a sense of, I want to be drawn deeper and closer into God, and so I'm going to take all the different aspects of my life and turn them over or invite God in. And that's what we are talking about when we talk about the spiritual discipline, if you will, of giving to church, of contributing towards our annual fund. is another way of being drawn deeper into, and yet... God's grace is freely given. Regardless of how one engages, God's grace is here for everyone. Okay, seeing in a new way. This Sunday, we at St. John's are also lifting up and commemorating the life and work and person of someone else who has helped our church and really our world see in a new way. Bishop Barbara Harris died just about a year ago at the age of 89. She was um, a gift, and she offered herself in service, the world of our church, of the gospel. She was a civil rights activist. She was present when Martin Martin Luther King Jr. was speaking in D.C. She marched in Selma for voting rights. And when she was 50, she followed God's call to ordination and became a priest. She served as a priest, and about nine years later, she was put forward as a woman in the search for a bishop in the Diocese of Massachusetts. And lo and behold, she was elected to serve as Bishop Suffragan of the Diocese of Massachusetts, and she was consecrated in 1989. What is remarkable about Bishop Barbara Harris is that she was the first woman to be consecrated a bishop in our church. And not just in the Episcopal Church, but in the whole Anglican Communion. Bishop Barbara Harris was 
um, very short woman. She was a little bit shorter than me. And I heard her preach here in the Diocese of California a few years ago. And I remember sitting back a little bit because of the strength and the vitality that emerged from her body. She had this dry, raspy voice that matched her dry, witty humor. She was something. Not only was she the first woman to be consecrated a bishop in our church, she was also a black woman. And she felt that despite sort of the the cards being stacked against her, I don't know if she felt that, but others said that about her, she had only been ordained a priest for nine years. She was divorced. Back then, that was a different sort of deal. She also had never gone to a formal seminary. She'd been educated for service in the church, and she was every bit qualified, quite overqualified, to be the witness that she was and that she is. I think of just like Jesus stepped into the temple and said, it is, it is through me. I am in your midst. God is in your midst. Christ is in your midst. And it is through me that we have relation, direct connection with God. Bishop Barbara Harris, she also used her body and she stepped into a place and she said, use me. She followed the call to be of service in our church. I was lucky, blessed, to grow up with a woman rector. So from as long ago as I can remember, being a priest, being ordained in this church, was always something that women could do. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older and I looked back and I thought, wow, I was quite lucky in that. Because women have been ordained in a church for about as long as I have been alive. I was born into a world where women were ordained to the priesthood. And yet, Barbara Harris had not been consecrated bishop yet. That happened many years later. And our church is making good progress. We still have a little bit of ways to go, but we are doing good work. Barbara Harris, her consecration was attended by 8,500 people. There was not just a little bit of controversy or just a little bit of excitement, but she was offered a bulletproof vest to wear that day because emotions were high. Probably not unlike the emotions of Jesus and the people in the temple that day. But she said she wasn't going to wear one. It wasn't necessary. She felt that being at the altar was the right place to be. There's another phrase that Bishop Barbara Harris lived by that I think offers us wisdom and strength for today, for these times in particular. She had written out on a piece of paper that she carried with her most of the time, this. The power behind you is greater than any obstacle ahead of you. I think of that phrase like, God's got your back. God behind you, God beside you, God around you. That power, that love is greater than any frustration, than any grief, than any hardship, than anything that comes in our way. 